Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, this is gonna be a short little one before we do the main show. Uh, as many of you heard, and it came a shock to many of us, um, Michael Brooks, uh, age 37. Yeah, there's been like different reports 36, 37. I think, 37, it's, I think yeah. it's 37. Yeah, died suddenly uh, the other night, uh, July 21st, I believe. Yes. And About July 20th. July 20th. Uh, he was co-host on the Majority Report. He has his own show, the Michael Brooks Show, and he was doing a new show with uh, Anna Kasparian from the Young Turks. And uh, I first heard of it on the way back home from work. I saw Twitter, and this is how Michael Brooks was dead, and I was like, you "Gotta be kidding me!" And I kept looking on it, and I was like, "Guys, honest true." I was like, "Holy shit!" Um, when'd you hear about it? Uh, got back from a dinner. For my sister, we went out for her birthday. Shout out to my sister Jada. Uh, came back uh, Monday night and literally opened up my phone to the stunning news and like I I fucking broke down. Like it was that one was like a fucking gut punch. Yeah. Cause it's like first off, like if rap his and again this is coming from a dude who does not prescribe to the theory of God but fucking rap your prayers around his family his friends mm-hmm. everyone at the majority report cause yeah. that was a fucking it was literally right out of nowhere out of uh, nowhere he had also just taped a show that morning uh, or that afternoon and the uh, there wasn't any immediate report on what caused his death, but the report now is it was a, it was a, it was a blood clot. Where exactly we don't know. So I've I've heard like the neck or like the the, the neck area maybe. Right. I don't want to I don't want to misreport. Right, but, right, like, no, exactly. Yeah. As far as and, but as far as far as we know, it's a it was a blood clot. Right. I mean, if you watched his show, I watched the show on Sunday. That was the last time I watched like mm-hmm. a new clip, and you know he was talking about how. He wasn't feeling up to the best. He was kind of, like, sick or whatever. And he, like like a true fucking thought warrior, man, he, he had to get his thoughts and his ideas out. He had to he had to get the message out. Right. His message of left is best. Mm. And that dude did that against probably his better health, man. No, no. And it, he, was, he was a true progressive warrior all the way. And... The one, I mean, the one thing that I always loved about his, the way he, he presented politics in general, especially international politics, is he did it with a sense of humor that made it go down easy, especially for people who aren't really heavily into it. And as Sam Cedar said uh, in one of his things uh, recently about him was that he felt he was probably one of the best uh, political satirists he's ever, ever worked with. And listen, Michael Brooks, he, I mean, for me, listen, as much as I love Sam Cedar and the rest of the crew at the Majority Report, uh, I mean, Mike Brooks definitely brought something extra to the show. He, to me, like, I, I don't know what the Majority Report looks like. Like, he's been a part of that situation for the... Since 2017? Yeah. No, that, he, he started the Michael Brooks show in 2017. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, no, no, he's like in 2013? It's when he joined up with the majority report, I think. Before that, like that may have been like right after the twenty twelve okay. election. Okay. 
because it was him and it was another dude that was like an intern. Right. right. And you basically just came in guns blazing after the re-election of Obama and like again I didn't start watching see the majority coming I always knew Sam Cedar because Sam came from Air America uh-huh. with Jenny Garofalo right, I remember that but like when you saw how Sam was moving with this newer younger generation that was plugging millennials into politics yeah and I think that is the biggest thing it's like he plugged a generation of kids who were not political were not politically savvy Uh didn't know the talking points right you know you just you felt something and yeah no he also was definitely helped guide um, a lot of people who were uneasy or not sure of themselves especially talking politics uh, into into the into the into the progressive movement a lot uh, correspondents and reports like uh, Emma Bigland really worked a lot with him and I think she even said you know he was in a sense almost like her, her teacher when it came to progressive politics and uh, Anna Kasparian also learned a lot from him so I mean Jenk Uger also had him on the show a couple a few times and uh, they said everybody I've ever heard that knew him loved him like he had no real enemies you know? I, I mean he did but <laughs> oh, no no I'm sure he did there's people yeah. on the other side oh yeah absolutely which again I, I not to both sides of the argument but like I mean I'm just they they a lot of people to me who sit there and say you know we have the compassion on our side we have the humanity on our side and I'm like you look at how people felt about this dude and you're like no you're not the only side that has that compassion right and that dude everything about his politics was based in empathy Mm -hmm. empathy for lower class he he preached about you know class warfare racism sexism transphobia homophobia and it's he tied it all together with the greater powers that be and why we needed we need our government to step up right to be the shining example of what they claim to be right i mean the one thing he, he he was never a pessimist as far as i've always ever seen him on the shows he's been on even the one when he did when he did the politicon uh the last uh, couple years he brought not just a levity but he brought uh true knowledge to what was going on he he he, he was not afraid to embrace the other side and tell him you know I'm trying to understand you, not not to make enemies in in a lot of sense. Even even those who didn't like him too much could at least respect him. That he, he did he, the he, he was on his work, game. man. Yeah, he and did. that's and I think more than anything, that's what I take away. Like this is just a loss for like people who like he just did the work, and like I watched all these other people, and I don't want to make it about like slandering people during this fucking tribute episode, but it's like. You watch. I watch a lot of political analysts, quote unquote, right. political analysts, and it's just haphazard talking points given to like you can tell that dude couldn't be bought nor sold. No, 
no one no one who claims to be on the left in the left media that you see on TV would ever bring Lula da Silva on exactly oh no yeah that dude was a literal political prisoner and mm-hmm. Michael Brooks spent the better part of three years advocating for that dude's release mm-hmm. and he, in, in 2019 he got it and on top of that he he got to live his one true dream where he got to meet his hero right and very, and very few of us get to do that and his hero didn't fucking disappoint him man exactly like, and you know that and that's the one thing i mean i mean hell uh he actually wrote after he heard uh of his passing uh, that he felt uh this, this is like a major loss tragic loss to the political to the political left but uh like his family i mean there are plans to make a um what's a, a organization not a group a um oh a, a foundation foundation for uh, michael brooks and i know what he would want more than anything is for us not not to give up the struggle not to uh you know become pessimistic that despite i mean listen i was just happy i got a chance to see and hear i mean, never met him personally i never uh had that uh, that privilege but watching how he inspired me and a, lot, a couple other guys i mean i, I feel he inspired us a lot too i to even do this without, podcast. yeah without he's the one who who got me to bring a level of comedy mm-hmm. to understand and, and and bring and bring that level levity because what we're talking about is like like it's legit life or death. It's heavy stuff. It's yeah. heavy stuff. Like only that dude could get away with doing like a I mean, Barack Obama oh impression. God, yeah, and those, those help freaking hilarious. But so. it's the Barack Obama impression of him in the Nation of Islam. <laughs> yeah, those are great. Where he's just like. He's like, I don't, I don't respect the white devil. Like, <laughs> and it's like, like, everyone on, on, on mainstream, in mainstream media is such a stick up the ass to ever make that joke. Exactly. And it's like, <laughs> and, and more than that, listen, not, not for nothing, you know, for, for a white guy to do that. Yeah. And still be respected. It's, it's a hell of a thing. Watch, watching everyone try to tear down Nick Cannon this week well last week mm. because of his anti his quote unquote anti-Semitic remarks that's gonna be a whole right. like talk but I mean well I can't even say quote it was very fucking stupid for him to say but like he understood the nuance with the African American community right. and their relationship to Farrakhan right. he's not like CNN who's just like oh you like Farrakhan you must be a racist. You're a piece of shit. Right. Yeah, I mean, he, and we, he, he, he didn't see it all, like, like unfortunately, most people on, on the left, quote-unquote left, like the, the mainstream media, see blacks, Latinos, I think, just as a, as a whole block. There's a, there's a lot of nuance in there. I mean, we got conservative blacks, we got conservative Latinos, we got a certain, you know, it runs a spectrum. It's how you approach it. it it's about... Do, it's about... Where 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 do we make alliances? Where do we make bridges mm-hmm. to get to our ultimate goal? Exactly. And like I said, keep your eyes on the prize, man. That, that's that's pretty much that's MLK all the way. You know, it's uh, and he he was a, a strong proponent of you know human rights, human dignity. You know, he wanted us to not demonize the other side, you know, utterly, because if you do that, you do not see them as fellow human beings. And he was all about humanity. 
And when when we talk about the other side, we're talking about everyday people on Mm -hmm. the right. As far as the media members go, he'd get, like, the dude was, he was intellectually superior to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Like, you couldn't come to him on with light change. No. Like I said before, he did his homework. He knew from where he spoke from. And he did it in a way that kind of, in most of the people who didn't, uh, who just took him as a, as a comic or took him as a, a lighthearted uh, political satirist and, and faced off with him were completely blindsided by the, by the incredible wit and intellect the guy had. So his comedy, his levity was in a way like a shield to make people think, oh, this guy, this guy doesn't know that much and I can get on, I can get on him. But no, he would turn the tables on guys. And um, the one thing I, I don't know if it ever happened. I, don't know if it, I wish it would have been great with him. Like it would have been great seeing him debate like Dave Rubin. Dave Rubin always turned him down. Yeah, yeah. That's the one thing I wish. He in my life. he, he yeah. made it seem like Dave Dave Rubin's whole thing was like you called me stupid, and that was kind of his like right his get out of jail free card. Right. I'm not gonna be here to be insulted by yeah. by the likes of you. But uh, that would, I mean, and also I think deep down, deep, I think deep down, Dave Rubin realized he was going to get David. David get Rubin. David Rubin realizes that he is in it for the money. Like that's the one thing where it hits me, because it's like, how many people whose interests that the public can trust? Right. You could talk about like you know somebody who isn't necessarily in this for the cash. Right. And who isn't getting paid a whole lot of money? Who isn't got like different political tentacles that they have to always reach out right. to? And also, what kind of balancing act they got to do between people who provide the money, provide the money, and those who are legitimately doing harm to the public that they should be speaking about but don't? Uh, Brooks, you know, he didn't. He wasn't in this thing for the money. He was in this thing for the cause, and the cause was. Human, human freedom, the uh, true democratic uh, ideals. I mean, he was—he was more—he was—he's more the progressive idealist that many people wish they could be. Um, he was a driving force in the in, in in the trying to get Bernie elected. Oh, extremely! Oh, extremely! He—I uh, I know—I know—I think he covered uh, Bernie's uh, campaign. Stop! I think he covered him at the convention. I think with uh, yeah, Emma he Bigland. actually yeah, yeah he actually helped. He actually was the one who spearheaded his rally in Queens. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, man, fucking tremendous loss. Rest in peace, man. Rest in power, and, man. Rest in power. And and honestly, man, like like I said, with a when a rapper Nipsey Hussle died, man, it's like the marathon continues. Yep. Like, you can't just stop, like, it's not just about, like, paying homage head dude and saying rest in peace or whoever else. It's like, you gotta, you gotta do the work and yeah. you gotta, to maintain that dude's memory, you gotta, you gotta, not only do you gotta do the work, you gotta keep progressing, you gotta, you gotta believe what he always says is left is best. Yes. And we, we, we got, this has been a tough year. <laughs> you think? <laughs> it's it's uh, it's. I mean, as much as I came in with 2020 with hopes, this has been 
thus far a rather very sucky year uh not just politically or everything else but worldwide but at the same time though there are things happening hopefully they'll be they'll, they'll, they'll sustain themselves that will make the changes that we are hopeful for uh sadly michael brooks won't be there hopefully to see the changes that he also helped inspire and make a lot of people who are taking up the progressive left uh, that might hopefully see it themselves, you know, like you know, Kyle Kalinske, Emma Vigeland, Anna Kasparian, the, the Young Turks, you know, Humanist Report, Humanist Report, the Majority Report, uh, Rational, Rational National. You know, these these are the outlets that the majority of you know Gen Xers and myself, and millennials who want to see the change made or walking towards. They're not they're stepping away from the, the, from the mass uh, mainstream media because it's not giving, in a sense, the hope. It gives platitudes for the most part. There are very few guys in the mainstream media, which I totally completely trust, that they say what they, what they, uh, honestly. Some have changed over time and become more, in a sense, progressive, but not quite. But Michael Brooks was the real deal. He, he was what he, always, what he said he was, and he, and he is. And, dude, you know, thank you for your brief time here. And in that brief time, you've given us so much and inspired so many. And we're going to carry on for you, man. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Like I said, man, this one sucks. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. But as Obama would say, keep hope alive. <laughs> keep hope alive. Well, I can't do a lot more impression. I can't do it. But don't um, show any love to them white devils. <laughs> crackers right. whack, and when I mean crack, I mean crackers. <laughs> to put a little salt on mine. <laughs> Saltines. Uh, Saltines. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back with a regular show soon. Uh, we just haven't put up enough because of uh, 40 hour day jobs kind of got in the way. But we had to do a shout out to Michael Brooks. And again, this Power Brother. You know, your legacy will continue. Thanks very much, everybody, and uh, enjoy yourselves. Have a great week. Bye.